back to actually like today is an episode that i was actually very excited about just because of the differences but also similarities that our two majors have um also a very good friend of mine near and dear to my heart uh is sam monroe how you doing good how are you <laughs> <laughs> i'm good um i have this specific question to you and you know, I could have recorded this episode a while ago, but then the question would have been very different. Okay. Very recently, there was an update in our lives that was insane. Do you know what happened in 2022 that might have affected this? There's a lot of things. Listen, 2022 has been a shit year for me, <laughs> so you're going to have to give me a hint, like... The sexiest man alive. <gasps> oh my god, yes. Oh yes. Why Why did it take so long for Chris Evans to be named sexiest man alive, Sam? I don't know. I don't know, because I've been saying that since 2018. <laughs> I've been on that bandwagon since 2018. I do not understand. I don't. But he's got the recognition he deserves, because uh -huh. that man is fine. And so fine. I was going to say, when, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I got to get Sam on the podcast because like, <laughs> she's going to have some things to say. No, that man, that man is, oh, fine. Did you see where, I don't know if it's true or not, but oh. there's a rumor that he's dating someone and I'm devastated. Not Lizzo anymore? Are they, no. Oh, okay. Because I remember when that was going down. And I, okay. And this is like why it's like kind of hurts because the, the woman that he is supposedly seeing right now, 25 years old. Interesting. And I'm 21. It could have been me. It could have been... Never mind. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you know what? <laughs> you live and you learn. What? <laughs> you, what do you mean? You don't live and learn if he's dating someone. Like, that is that has nothing to do with your living or learning. Well, like, okay. So, like, he's, like, in his 40s or whatever, right? And so I thought, you know, like, age gap... Oh, age gap relationships or whatever. So, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's nice to, like, dream about or whatever. But it probably would never actually happen. Mm -hmm. It could have. It could have. It could have. Sorry, Sam. Yeah, it's okay. Instead, you have to like get a degree and work yeah. for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I have to go to med school. Like, woohoo. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, that's a pretty good segue into it. So, you are a neuroscience and psychology major. Yep. Um, one of those I like a lot. And one of those I actively try to stay away from. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, can you sort of explain, like, what, what is your curriculum? Like, what are some things, like, you have to understand, go through for your major? So it's a good question. <laughs> You're actually making me think about it. So essentially what I do is because neuroscience and psychology, especially at the University of Tennessee, is, like, they're linked together in the department, you have to take a certain amount of classes that are different mm. from like the major. So like I was halfway through, actually more than halfway through my psych degree when I was like, oh, let, let me just double major. Um, so now I have to take more psych classes um, than originally. So I'm taking essentially taking like all the psych classes here offered at uh, UT mm -hmm. because they can't count twice. And I'm taking a lot of science-based courses, like more so than. I originally would have been right I mean like stuff like organic chemistry like I still had to mm. do yeah that's a whole other beast but like now I'm taking like neurobiology right um, I'm gonna be taking um, genetics like I'm required to take genetics interesting yeah so it's definitely a, like very stem it's it's interesting to see how they relate because psychology is like the behavior behind it but then you go to neuroscience and it's like the biological basis of the behavior yeah but I, I feel like it would be annoying if like 
you're like, oh, I just want to like talk people through their problems, and they're like, no, 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 organic chemistry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely see that because <laughs> some things are just like it's not all about science. Um, I think the big thing about neuroscience it's helpful for like medication. Okay. And like, for example, I'm in therapy right now, and yeah. so we're doing EMDR therapy, which is helps you like process memory like you do the finger and the rapid eye movement right which has some basis in neuroscience mm -hmm. so like it can be applicable to like You're <laughs> psychology You're but it, it's definitely i i see where you're coming from because I, I feel like a lot of scientists get like a bad rap for being like oh like feelings don't matter it's all science and facts uh-huh which i don't like that i think uh -huh. it's both it can be both well, that that was one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about because early early on, like mm -hmm. we even learned, we were even learning about this, like in our psychology course together, yeah. was like, oh, it's just biology, yeah. And then recently, it was like, oh, it's just nurture. Mm -hmm. Of course, we now know that it's it's always gonna be a bit of both, yeah. But like that sort of nature nurture debate, like you feel like it's not just one or the other like even in neuroscience mm -hmm. like your actual classes they talk about is there's more to it mm -hmm. yeah i mean for certain like it just depends on what it is like certain conditions like let's say you have a psychopath mm -hmm. that's definitely tends to lean more towards genetics and environmental factors can definitely influence that uh-huh um but it's def i don't think it's just 100 percent nature 100 percent nurture or a 50 50. Mm -hmm. i think it just depends on what the situation is um but it's definitely I wrong to go to either extreme. Like in most cases, it's yeah. not black and white. It's always like shades of gray. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Evans' is a good friend. Oh, Chris he Hemsworth. Is? Oh. Um, I, I was gonna say he just got the he did a, a I don't know if it was twenty three me or whatever. But he he found that he has both genes that predispose him to Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Um. And I feel like this also is something that is is sort of wrong when we hear like oh we're predisposed to things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you are getting Going, it. Yeah. It doesn't mean like that is the end all be all. Like mm -hmm. you still, that's where the nurture side comes in. Like yeah. you can live a active lifestyle, challenge your brain, like mm -hmm. like do things that aren't going to make it worse i guess but like it, there is some sort of baseline for like if you are predisposed to something mm -hmm. you got to watch out a little right yeah which is actually really interesting because i work at a clinic that specializes specifically with dementia and alzheimer's diseases mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a lot of the patients that i see <clears throat> have dementia alzheimer's Lewy body disease something okay. of the like and so when i saw that interview and it was you know Genetics, when it comes to like those kinds of diseases, it's not like the end all be all, like you said. Like just because he's predisposition does not mean he's gonna get yeah. it. It's just saying that he's probably more likely to than someone who doesn't have those genes. Okay. That does not mean he's going to get it. And if he takes care of himself and does the right things and keeps himself, he's probably he'll probably be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely interesting to see with stuff like that because genetics can play a lot into those kinds of diseases. Because the patients that I see, most of the time, their family members have had it. Right. It's like almost been passed down. Which you're at more of a risk if your family member has had a dementia, Alzheimer's-related mm -hmm. mm -hmm. disease. And you're more likely to get it because of genetics. Yeah. But then I also feel like you have people who, since they know 
you know, it's in their family. Like they're like people will be like, oh my, you know, my mom has anxiety, mm-hmm. so I'm anxious. Yeah, not no. not necessarily yeah. like you could just be nervous right now. Like there's mm-hmm. a difference between it running in your family and like an actual diagnosis. Yeah, of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. what steps do I need to take, you know, what what should I do to sort of counter these things? And sort of that's where you think the, the, the like, medi- medical side would, might come in. Yeah. Um, getting treatment, getting pills need be, like, mm-hmm. any of those kind of things, in addition to therapy mm-hmm. and, like, other talk methods. Um, in your mind, like, what do you think is the split for, like, a happy, like, if you do have a mental condition, mm-hmm. what's the split between like medicine, talking through it, and like other lifestyle choices? I feel like they're all important, but in different ways. I think medication, um, depend like especially for like a mental condition, uh-huh. can help keep you stable. But therapy and lifestyle changes is what helps you keep that change going okay so if you just take like for example if you have depression mm-hmm. and you just take an antidepressant yeah more than likely it'll help you a little bit but it's not going to cure your depression mm-hmm. i feel like that's a misconception it, it is yeah um that's been spread around that it's like oh i'm on antidepressant so i'm cured that's not the that's no. not the thing because what's going on in your brain and even like the self-talk you do to yourself, for example. Sure. That doesn't change. All the medicine does is give you a little boost that, for example, like we're talking about depression. Yeah. Um, gives you a boost to get out of bed. Just so you sure. can go out and do activities and be productive and make yourself feel a little bit better. Uh-huh. And not laying in bed all the time. That's really what the medicine does. It doesn't completely like cure your brain. Because mm-hmm. nothing can do that. So therapy, going to therapy and talking about your issues, finding out why you feel the way you do, finding out, like, what what, what are you telling yourself? Sure. And correcting that is probably more helpful, in my opinion, because yeah. it's something that you can stay, sustain long-term than just taking a pill. Yeah. And I, I've had to deal with that with, like, some of my clients coming in who, mm-hmm. like, are recently on medication. They're yeah. like, oh, I still feel anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like just taking the pill isn't, isn't going to make it go away. No. Um... And I think that's also a misconception is, like, you can be done. Like, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll like, oh, I won't be depressed anymore and it'll be done. Mm-hmm. In your mind, or at least in your experiences, like, at least in my experiences, like, it doesn't, nothing ever, like, goes away. You're never, like, 100% cured. It's sort of just, like, you can work around it. You have better coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You have, like, you grow almost around your mental illnesses like it's always going to be there and it might flare up in different ways at different times with different stressors Mm -hmm. but like is that fair to say definitely i think it is very fair to say because like i've had personal experience with this i mean i'm on antidepressants Mm -hmm. um and i also go to therapy and you know this but like i had a really rough childhood and a lot of that stuff like affects me now to this day um so it's definitely taking the medication like I said, it, it helps me like give a boost. Like maybe, sure. Like if I have if I'm having a bad day or I had a bad stress or that, it'll help me from not getting to like a really bad place or not giving me the energy I need to to get out of that bad place. You know, uh huh. You're good. <laughs> place if I can speak. <laughs> so, it's definitely. I think that's very fair to say for sure. Okay. Because I, I, I. Okay, like a broken bone. People are like, oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Like you, you fix the bone. Yeah. 
we're very complex. Mm -hmm. The brain is insanely complex, which is why I wanted to stay away from it. I just wanted to help people. You are much more brave, and you're like, oh, let me get in there. (laughs) Let me see what's going on inside the actual brain. Uh, Because it is really complex, and there's so many things. I think that's why mental health is just, like, partly, like, so complicated mm-hmm. is because the structures like that's going on that's causing it is so complicated yeah it's not just one thing fix all like you would tr- fix a bone mm-hmm. or to fix a boo-boo you know yeah. it's <laughs> you know it's my, i've been around children so chronic boo-boo yeah, yeah. your chronic boo-boo <laughs> because it's something that's going on internally that uh-huh. we can't just like slap a band-aid over or put give us like a pill mm-hmm. it's something that you have to retro like really sit and think about because mm-hmm. like what i'm learning in therapy is a lot of like the things i heard in my childhood i tell myself now yeah so it's like continuing and i'm having to fix my thought patterns right the neurons that have been con- made in my brain i'm having to literally change those rewire them yeah yeah and that takes a lot of work and it's tiring and i think especially if you've been abused Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's right. hard because you're already tired. <laughs> you're right. already yeah. effing exhausted. So you have to do more work. Like, it's it's rough. It's really rough. And that is something that I, I also wanted you on the show to talk about in particular is neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, neuroplasticity is the idea that you can rewire your brain mm-hmm. to work in different ways. Yeah. And, and uh, in general, I, I'm not the brain expert, but, like, we have pathways in our brain our neurons fire to mm-hmm. each other saying, hey, do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the more we do those connections, the faster it gets. Mm-hmm. And that's how like habits are formed. Like yeah. that's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You, you can all do a, a simple motion because you've been doing it over and over again. Right. But like, say you had an injury to your brain that affects that part, mm-hmm. you your brain is plastic enough that mm-hmm. it can be rewired, reworked mm-hmm. to do something differently. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just such an interesting idea. Mm-hmm yeah that it's insane yeah um do you have any like i i mean that my example was okay but like do you have like specific examples of like how neuroplasticity can like work like um the science behind it because i i (laughs) i gave a very easy definition i'm sorry no no i feel like that's good that's i think that's a really good definition um the biggest example i can think of that like is i feel it could be more applicable for like the general population is like your thoughts okay so for example let's say someone has low self-esteem okay and you're telling yourself i look ugly Mm -hmm. i look disgusting gross whatever whatever you're saying to yourself you're the more you say that the more that neural connection is forming okay and to eventually it just becomes like automatic Uh like you're like you don't even have to be the consciously thinking about it you just think it because that connection is so strong however if you change your thoughts and say something different like, I look good today, or I'm a nice person, mm-hmm. and the less you think that negative thought, that neural connection will wither away. Sure. And become less prominent, even to the point it, it could disappear completely. Sure. And a neur- new neural connection could form entirely that has a more positive thought that helps you feel better and think better things about yourself. Mm-hmm. But like you said, like that is also hard to mm-hmm. rewire oh, because yeah. it becomes automatic. Yeah. And we become caught up in negative self-talk mm-hmm. then. We think that the negative is the reality. But that's just because we are teaching our brain to not like everything that's surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's definitely not... <laughs> 
I'm definitely not saying it's like, oh, it's simple. Just start thinking positive thoughts. No, of that's course. not how that works. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah. Um, that's just like the theory behind it. Sure. It's in practice, whole lot harder because a lot of the times those thoughts that you have in your head have been cemented in there for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, years. And that's not something that'll go away with a week of you just right. being like, I look good today. It's unfortunately not how it works. Yeah. Sorry, everyone reading the, the self-help books. Like, yeah. That's not, yeah. nothing is ever a one, there's no one slap, like Mm-mm. duct tape solution for anything. I'm no, sorry. You, it's, um, it's continuous work. It really is. Yeah. Which is why I was saying, like, you're never, ever truly, like, done with a condition, mm-hmm. a mental one. It's always yeah. going to be there, flare up at different times. Like, you're always, pre- like, the stress levels or whatever mm-hmm. can always help to flare up. Okay, hope everyone's having a good time so far. Uh, Sam, I hear you want to, you got a charity you want to shout out. Yes, so St. Jude's Children's Hospital. It is a children's hospital that specializes um, specifically in childhood cancer. Um, I practically lived there uh, when I, from ages like like five to eight, because my sister had cancer. Mm -hmm. So it's a place that's really near and dear to my heart. People can donate by going to the website. They always have a ton of like fundraisers going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to the website, just typing in St. Jude's Children's Hospital should be the first thing that pops up. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, we'll get right back to it. You do lead me to another thing of like our brains and like ACEs, right? Like our neuroplasticity, like we can rewire them. But like when we face trauma growing up, when we have adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, like that becomes part of like who we are developmentally, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, um, for those who don't know, like there was a study that like there's like 40 different things that if they happen to you growing up can cause different health outcomes mm-hmm. because like like we know our brain is mm-hmm. pretty important for like our health and like mm-hmm. long term yeah. uh, life expectancy. So if you go through, I think it's like one to three, four to seven, and then like eight plus of these things we can they can show like you're expected to live x number of less years um is that something that like combining that with like neuroplasticity like when we face like these troubles growing up developmentally Mm -hmm. it's it's even harder to unwire it right Mm because our brain's not fully developed until Mm -hmm. allegedly like 25 Yeah. yeah yeah um uh for sure because especially when you're a child like mm-hmm. your brain is a, way more malleable. Sure. And it's, I feel like it's a little bit, I don't want to say I feel, but it's realistically in practice, it's easier to get over something more as an adult because okay. you have previous experiences and you know more and your brain's more developed. Okay. As a child, when you go through something, your brain is still developing. Mm-hmm. And when it's still developing, the learning things, you develop thinking those things are truth. Mm-hmm. So essentially, instead of like, let's say you go through an abusive relationship, awful, and it will still take a lot of time to heal. Don't, don't. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible thing and it still affects you mentally. But in the past, you may have had more experiences that show that you're not, you know, worthless. You're not, you know, this, this, and this. But when you're a child, you're developing and you're trying to figure out who you are, and someone tells you you're worthless, you believe it, especially if it's a parent or someone close to you. And you grow up thinking that. That's how your brain develops thinking that you are worthless. And it's harder to rework that because that's what you believe probably most of your life. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not like you have any prior experiences to be like, oh, that's not right. Yeah. So I definitely think it it's, depends on what point in development you are in mm-hmm. and what experiences you've had. Yeah. Again, that nature and sure, nurture sure. debate. Um, yeah. I think a more positive or at least like applicable mm-hmm. that's not always negative yeah, yeah. version of neuroplasticity is like learning a language. Yes. Yes. Babies can learn any language yeah. because there it's just whatever's around them. Then our brains start it's like, oh, we've been speaking English for fifteen years, like we're mm-hmm. not we don't need to learn our languages. Yep. Which of course is like right around the time when they're like, Hey, public schools, you guys should start learning another language. No, like for real. Why is that not part of like elementary school oh, i don't know yeah like they really should be starting kids like if they, they want to teach them different languages mm-hmm. really young yeah because it'll take kids a fraction of the time to learn a language and it would be like me and you to learn a language right, right now it would probably take us years <laughs> right and it'd take a kid like a couple months maybe to like get the hang of it sure which is like neuroplasticity uh-huh. the brain's still developing it's really easy to make those connections right and then keep it going yeah, yeah so annoying i know it's like it's like god i wish i was a baby right now yeah. <laughs> i can learn a new language <laughs> okay the last really cool thing I've, I've always wanted to talk to at least you about on the show is epigenetics you said you had a, you had a genetics course yeah i'm, um, I'm taking it next semester <laughs> oh <laughs> well, we wanna, can talk about it do you want to wait or do you know do you have you heard of epigenetics before i can look it up <laughs> I, can, I can see what i can pull out we'll see okay so from my human development course when we're looking at brain is like not only are your genes predisposed, mm-hmm. but what you do or what your grandparents or ancestors did can alter those genes and get those passed along, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, genes that weren't necessarily predisposed can now be passed on because of life experiences, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, we saw this in, in particular with like Holocaust grandchildren, mm-hmm. um, who are more prone to anxiety or stress or whatever because of what their grandparents went through in the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I know this is a really sad episode and I feel bad because like you're such a positive person. Yeah, but, but like, like it, it's important. It's important. It is important because like the act, like the choices you make, like mm-hmm. aren't necessarily just your choices. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's something really interesting to think about. Um, not only like rewiring your brain. Mm-hmm. And like the choices you make that feed into your own self-talk but then also genes that can be passed along mm-hmm. in family so i just like man i don't yeah. know it's, it's just cool it's, it's crazy to think about like how it works because like you said like for the example of the holocaust survivors uh-huh. passing on those genes it i don't really know for sure but it might be likely that it's because those who were more anxious were more vigilant sure and that the body <clears throat> decided that those genes were helped that person survive and so the body thinks oh we need those let's pass those on right and that ends up being you know not the case anymore and that leads people with all this anxiety and all this vigilance that's mm-hmm. just really not needed for their daily lives right so it's definitely it a lot of causes go into it for sure and i think that was one of the other things like again just being predisposed doesn't mean that like something is going to happen but like mm-hmm people who went through the great depression are mm-hmm. passing along oh we need to store more food mm-hmm. genes yep. which is why like like 
I don't know if you grow up in those areas, like it might be like, oh, I need to eat more. Not only the mental, like my mm -hmm. parents went through the Great Depression, mm -hmm. like you, you could probably ask your parents, people listening at home who are like, oh, I had to finish my plate. Mm -hmm. Not only that mental process yeah. getting passed along because like you might not always have food, but then also the genetic ones that mm -hmm. are like, you need to store food because you don't know what's going to go happen, even mm -hmm. though it's a completely different lifestyle yeah. and a different time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was something interesting. No, and that's definitely interesting because like, like we talked about obesity rates in right. the, our um, motivation class that we have together. And they talked about how it's like, you know, nature versus nurture, probably a mix of, of both. Um, but more than like, probably some of those genes that get passed down that people who do um, have issues with obesity probably does come somewhere from that where it's like food might have been scarce with their ancestors mm -hmm. and they had to store food. Yeah. Like you see those TikToks. I love bringing TikTok. Uh -oh. Yeah, so you see those TikToks where it's like girls who will be, be, be like, my ancestors watching me try to uh, lose weight knowing that they would kill to have that body. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's like my ancestors' genes making me thick. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's along those lines, you oh, know? Man. Yeah. I love those TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yes. You know, TikTok girl is. Or, yeah. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's all I got, at least for now. We can I can have you back on once we got some more information if you want. LOL. Um, take home message for people at home. What do you think for? Oh, I want to do something listening. positive because I feel like we've talked about a lot of depressing stuff. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's definitely important, but the good news is, mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world. Right. And these things that we talked about are not permanent. They mm -hmm. don't have to be permanent. Um, and you can sound cliche you can make of it what you want of it you know mm -hmm. um most of the time we i feel like most people tend to make things seem like they're bigger than they actually are um some cases some cases definitely not but like it's not the end of the world we can get through it together and the fact that we're talking about it so freely now sure. and it's not stigmatized is a really good sign yeah and that there's help out there right and you can make your life better mm -hmm. today. Yeah. You don't have to wait for some X amount of date. You can right. start working on yourself now. Right. And hopefully not pass on those bad genes that we've been talking about <laughs> or those bad habits that, you know, we form. Right. Through, because of life, because life sucks sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a process, but I think the my big take-home message is you can start today. Right. And it does not have to be as bad as the everyone says it can be mm -hmm. so whether that is through medicine helping mm -hmm. you know working through thought processes mm -hmm. and then also doing those actual behaviors differently mm -hmm. um it is possible to sort of rework your life even mm -hmm. if you are predisposed to things like you know that doesn't mean something is going to happen as long as you continue to help mm -hmm. at least limit those risk factors and limit what's going on yeah. um and that's not to say you wouldn't have a bad day. No. No, and bad days happen. And you know what I like to do on a bad day? Give myself grace. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just like to sit in bed and be like, you know what, I feel sad right now, but once I, ha I'm, you know, allow myself that time and space to feel better, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move on. So giving yourself time and space is also really important. Like when you do feel bad, don't be like, why do I feel bad? You know, don't beat yourself up over it. Accept that feeling. Feel it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then move forward and also don't feel guilt for asking yeah. or or you know wanting to receive help or wanting yeah. to talk to someone um 
I made this, you know, silly little podcast just to like share empathy and share like knowledge with the world. But like in reality, like I, I thought people would just be listening, just like studying for finals or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you can get something positive out of this, if you can, you know, give yourself some grace or, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, if I can change just one person's mind, like mm-hmm. we don't know what like, the effects of that could be. So, yeah. um, I want to thank Seriously. you so much for ha- being on the show, Sam. Oh, it's been an honor. <laughs> this literally has been like weeks in the making. So I'm <laughs> glad we could finally do it. <laughs> literally, every time I've had you be like, uh, can you do now? And I'm like, oops, sorry. <laughs> I felt so bad. I mean, you're double majoring in like really hard courses. <laughs> like the one class you and I have together, it's like, oh, really? We have homework. All yeah. right. Oh yeah, for and real. And it's like, all right, I'm going to my lab. All right, I'm going to court. All right, yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. See you when we see you. I know. So uh, thank you for being on the show. Everyone, live a blessed life. Take care. And uh, that's what it's actually like being Sam Monroe. Yeah. Take Yay. care. Bye. <laughs>